live whiskey with an agent this is episode number 17 um we're actually we're in the altamont springs office this time this time that's why it's got a little bit different setup so normally it's just chris and i on the computer turn this down a little bit so you can hear him because chris doesn't have his headphones uh, on so he can't on, yell at me yelling at you to turn it down <laughs> so um and if you're listening right now let me know how the sound quality is because i'm trying to figure out this board but let's see how it goes absolutely so what's what's going on chris not much man Sitting yeah here with our good friend victoria yes. hello so, so yeah, we've got a special guest, as stated in the description, and she is the owner of Stone Key Insurance. Yeah. So she, how, you've been in the industry for quite a while, right? Uh, I got yeah, I got my license back in two thousand eight. Oh wow, two thousand eight. So Damn. you've been uh, pretty much at the at the beginning or the drop of the crash is when you got into the game. Yeah, because I got I lost my job. Oh, oh I was my in the title industry. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yep. So you pretty much saw the bottom of the market. Um, and then just to where it is now. So Victoria, tell us a little bit more about like, you know, like, what was it like growing up, not growing up, not, go, not going that far back, <laughs> well, not going that far back. But hey, just before we get into our life story, oh, here, this should is we true. talk about what we're drinking? I think we should. Sir. I think we should. So right. you guys have already got some poured. Yes, we do. I was trying to type away and do some stuff. So what do you? What is this? What are you drinking? All right. So this. So actually, I was. Um. I, I wanted to try something. Um. So I stopped by ABC. Uh. Total Wine. Actually, not ABC, but Total Wine today, and got the Grangestone. It's a twelve year, and it's a. I believe it's a um, Scotch whiskey. Is that what it say on the front? It is a Scotch whiskey Highland single malt. Yeah, so they had a tasting tonight between 2 and 6 o'clock. So I was just like, what do you got for whiskeys? Oh, we got this one. He was just rattling stuff off. Hey. He's like, I guess it's uh, it has, um, I haven't had any time to really look at it. He says, but there's three places. He's like, the front end is like really smooth. The, and the very end is very smoky. And it has like kind of a sweet flavor. Uh and I tasted it, sampled it. I'm just like, well, you made my decision tonight easier. So, <laughs> right. And here we are, just um, sipping on it. So everyone, cheers! Looks like we're all drinking this tonight. Cheers! So, so, thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure. My pleasure. It's got a little bite in the beginning, but then yeah, it smooths out. It's nice. It's incredible. I like it. Even for it being neat, like it's. <clears throat> and I usually like my whiskey with ice, same as you. Yeah, on the rocks. Yeah, on the rocks or with a ball ice. I like mm -hmm. it. Yeah. My refrigerator at home makes two types of ice, like, to, like or three. Crushed ice, regular cubes, and then ball ice. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. My husband makes the one, the, the big round. Yeah. Uh -huh. He's got the specialty yeah. things that he pours. Like but yours mold. actually, makes, actually it. makes it. LG. That's cool. LG, thank you. Everyone, just so you all know. Yeah. <laughs> they make their own ball ice for the whiskey. Nice. It's almost always bare because I'm always like, <laughs> whiskey. <laughs> it's perfect. I love it. Are you serious? He's like, yeah, it yeah, makes it ice balls. Exactly. <laughs> That's what my wife says. She's like, you only want that for the ice. And I was just like, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Evil. Live a little. Live a little. That's what it is. Yeah. So I like it a lot. Um, what's your usual go-to? I like old fashions. Yeah. Um, Do you like making them at home? 
my husband makes the best. Yeah. He loves bourbon. It's his favorite thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're at the right place. And uh, actually, I invited him. I said, you want to come watch? Because they are having whiskey, bourbon. Um, and he's like, nah. But, uh, but yeah, he, he drinks. Uh, he loves his bourbon. And, um, yeah, he's got all the accoutrements. And he makes the best. He knows exactly how I like it. He puts a little extra orange in there. And he puts a little... A couple more, a couple of cherries, and I need to come hang out with you guys because, like, that's something me and Justin and I want to really kind of get into with everyone is getting into some cocktails. Oh, okay. So that was yeah. Like, uh, whenever we I go to, whenever we see like a, a two or more dollar sign and not a no review, we're like, oh, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's they're they're delicious. Yeah. And then uh, there's a Cesarac too, which is kind of a lemon kind of thing too. Have yeah. you ever tried a Cesarac? Yeah, I guess. From what I understand, they're that they're popular down in New Orleans, okay. and uh, a Cesarac. So old fashions are more like an orange flavor, but the Cesarac is more like a lemon flavor. I don't, I don't know. It's more lemony, and they tend to use rye instead of bourbon. Uh, well, I mean, bourbon well, is a rye, isn't it? Well, it's just what or rye is, is a bourbon, right? But some ryes are a little different flavor, from what I understand. Yeah. And I'm no expert, but um, but yeah, I I guess you use rye for a Cesarac, okay. and um, bourbon you I guess use you with just a. Blend it better. Yeah. yeah, I'm not sure if blending is better. Oh, no. I can see that because rye has a very particular taste. If anybody doesn't know what rye bourbon is, it's a very distinct like the rye bread flavor. Mm-hmm. You guys go up. Uh, you, there's um, what is it? Uh, um, that that bourbon bar in Sanford, um, the Imperial. Have you ever been there? Oh, okay. So there's an Imperial in Sanford, and it's a bourbon bar. And there's also one in the um, uh, Ivanhoe district in Orlando. So there's two. Anyway, I used to go up. The, you can get on a, a list, and they have a cue card. And if you have fifty. If you try 50 different of their bourbons, yeah. you get your name on the bar. They literally put your nice. name on the bar. Oh, yeah. They, like, catch it in? Yeah, they have, like, these little gold tags, and they have yeah. your name, like, in. <laughs> yep, and put it in the bar. And it, awesome. it it's a really cool bar because it used to be – well, it is also a furniture shop, and they import from India. Oh, so literally – yeah, so you go – it's the coolest thing ever. So you go in there, and it's, like, literally – furniture the heavy pieces mm. of furniture all over the place that's also for sale and the bar is there and i have been to the imperial at the ivanhoe yeah because you're sitting on all of this it's like how much is this chair it's like four hundred dollars i'm like okay <laughs> and like they're I, i've been to i've only had the beard but i didn't hear that they were a bourbon oh yeah well i i don't know about the i i think i've only been in the one downtown once but yeah, I my name's up in the one. <laughs> 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 nice. and my wife and I like their scooter up there. Like yeah. We like the scooter, so we literally park our car on the end of the street on the scooter, and so we're not supposed to be like that. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll walk into like a brewery or something, like with our scooters and just. Awesome. Have a drink and sit in the next spot because I pack sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Oh yeah, for sure. Especially if you're gonna bring like a, a, a big ass bottle. Yeah. Um, so I mean, so 
A deck page? Because they want, you know, to ensure that if the house burns down, that they're yeah. gonna, they're, they're not, yeah, they're, they're not a complete yeah. loss. loss. Let's, let's be honest. Majority of buyers are don't pay a minimum fee and have to come down while the lender is gone. Correct. Like this, yes, you have yeah. rent is gonna have ninety, yeah. eighty, yeah. total hundreds of thousands of dollars. Yes. So they gotta be, so they gotta be protected. Yeah. To to just go ahead and sign off. Yeah, they're so, not going to do it. But even, like we said, if, if you're paying cash, you're a fool to not have insurance because, man, if your house burns down, sorry, that's it. Yeah, I mean, think about how much money or what percentage of your assets that house is. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it's a huge percentage exa- for most people. Exactly. Or it, it's, yeah, it's probably the biggest. If it's paid that. off, yeah, yeah, most people. So why wouldn't you insure your largest asset? Well, the, it's auto insurance is a little different because you're actually insuring the other person. Okay. So it's okay. liability. So you so you are driving along and you hit somebody else and you cause bodily harm. Okay. So That's more liability insurance, not necessarily for the replacement of your car. Correct. Yeah. Correct. So you know, we're kind of really getting into this now. Right. <laughs> but Although. Well, and that's what uh, the section two is for, the liability on your house is for that. If you are negligent or you cause someone, you're liable for someone's, you know, uh, loss or or pain and whatever, uh, you do have a section in your homeowner's insurance that will cover for that called the liability portion, which while I'm on here, uh, the lowest you you can go is on a regular homeowner's is 100,000, but you definitely want more than that. Yeah, I think mine is somewhere around 300,000. Yeah, it usually goes 100, 300, 500. Okay. And I would I 
none of my customers, unless they stand on their head and scream and yell, they're all getting uh, 300000 because it's only $15 more a year. Well, and that's the thing is I've noticed because I've shopped, you know, like we were just talking about earlier, I just had to shop for insurance. And there's there's usually not a big difference in the yearly payment. So $15 a year, that's like, what, it's like a dollar a month to yeah, get another, you know, 200000 $200, Okay, sign me up. So I guess while we're on that subject, so is, is that the same as an umbrella? So an umbrella policy covers over your home and auto. Okay. So you've got your homeowners and auto down here and the liabilities that go with them. And then once, say, say let's just say you hit another car and you cause damage and you only have 100, 300 on your auto. When that 300 is exhausted, then you're either going to come out of pocket okay. or if you have an umbrella, then your umbrella will pick it up. And go to a million, two million, up to five million sometimes, okay. depending on what you bought. So a little different. Um, so when it when it comes to figuring out, I guess my question is how how do these companies figure out insurance costs? Like how you know mine is yeah I see it range from like fifteen hundred dollars all the way up to uh, what I was telling you about earlier the the person I just did some aerial shots for. Her insurance increased by two thousand dollars, like four thousand to six thousand dollars a year. I didn't know insurance went that high. To be honest, I've never had a policy that was that much. Well, also depends on the county, right? The house, the age, location. The biggest factors are going to be your um your it, here in Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to talk about your the age of the home, okay. the age of the roof, the location. A lot has to do with location because, as you you know, I'm sure want to know. The, the fraud has been outrageous, um, especially in Orange, Osceola, Seminole, and Lake. For, for real, for Jeffrey, it mm-hmm. really kind of drove me to that point where I'm like, what in the world is going on? I just can't stand it. Yeah. Um, that's kind of like the, the, the discussion that we're having right now. Yeah. Um, can, you know, you have the proximity to water because we're very, we're floodplains, not a well, we're very, very well secured. Well, what happens when you get closer to the water is they start taking away the wind coverage. So you can get a, uh, a regular policy, but you can get it without wind. So a lot of them will stop writing or they'll write with wind on, or with just without wind. They'll exclude the wind coverage closer to the coast. Well, because they get battered by the storms that come in. They're the first line. Uh, because remember, when a hurricane comes um when the hurricane comes on shore, it's got the full power. When it's in the ocean, it's the strongest. Right. As soon as it starts going over land, it weakens tremendously. Right. So so the more inland you are, the more protected you are. Those guys right on the coast, they are getting the brunt. Right, so that's why on the, on when, I'm, when you're doing your quotes, they ask you how far away from the coast you are. Because I get that question all the time. Yeah. Is, you know, they want to know, and they put it in feet, which I'm like, What's the closest, uh, how far am I away from the coast? What's the closest uh, fire hydrant and the closest uh, station? station? Mm-hmm. And I, I uh, there was uh, a- another agent I was working with one time, and they, they looked all over, and they couldn't find a company that would insure my house because I think the cutoff was like five miles to the nearest fire station. And I'm like 5.5 pushing six. Okay. Like just barely 
So you're in a you're so there's what's called ISO protection classes. Okay. And the protection classes go from one to ten. And so what you want is most companies want to stay in a sweet spot. They'll do one to four, which means you're within that 500 foot of a hydrant and within five miles of a um, fire station. Once you get out of that, say you have a fire station farther than, than that um, and, and you're not within a thousand foot of a, of a hydrant, then you get into protection class, what they call protection class nine. Some companies will take a protection class nine and some will not. And if you're protection class 10, you don't have a hydrant or a, um, right. Because there's no, the way they look at it is there's, if the, if the house catches fire, there's not a really a close enough uh, fire station or, or water source to put out the fire. So it's probably gonna be a total loss. Right. But so for those on the coast who are, you know, they don't get room service, you think they're doing quite a bit of getting water service. Of course. But it sounds like these companies are cherry picking and being absolutely biased. Well, they are because they have to, you know, maintain certain financial um, solvency standards. Um, now, they do have what they call the wind pool, and citizens. I think it's citizens that defines where the wind pool is, and we can run a report on the wind. If you're in the wind pool, I'm assuming he's in the wind pool. Anyways, <coughs> all along the coast, you're is a wind pool, and if you're in the wind pool, then you can get a wind only. So a lot of people on the coast, if they can't get regular, if they it, they'll buy a policy without wind, and then they'll go to citizens and get a, a wind only, huh. and so then and like well, it's not double, just but you're you're basically getting everything you need but you have two separate policies similar to flood because normally flood is also separate so i've seen i have people on my books who have you know who have a, a flood policy a regular homeowners policy and a wind policy because if they're in a flood zone and they're required to have flood insurance flood insurance seems to have gone down quite a bit uh, depends. It depends. They just revamped that system too last October. Um, they spent the last, FEMA spent the last uh, couple years uh, remapping all of the flood zone in Florida. Oh, really? Which was needed because uh, was uh -huh. it the last one to be in Atlanta? Or actually, which was it? I don't know, but it needed it. It hadn't been done in a long time. And they were still like the, the way that they were figuring their rates was completely in the dark ages. Right, so. Maybe it's more fair. I don't know. Well, there's a couple things. A couple, a couple things because they also allow the private market to to come back. Where for a while, when I was first in, in insurance, there was no private flood market. It was only NFIP, which is the National Flood Insurance Program, uh, which is FEMA, um, and uh, they basically set the rates. So whatever FEMA said it was, like you could go to that agent, that agent, that agent. They're all going to give you the same number because there's no, there was no competition because it was all done through the federal government. Um, but then they started about five years ago. They started letting private flood come back in, and uh, so. I, you know, the other day I had a flood zone X, which means like the least likely to flood, and uh, I. 
Yep. 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 Yeah. So I yeah. I rated them. Uh, so I ran their flood quotes, and FEMA was nine hundred something dollars, mm-hmm. and I ran it through a private flood company. It was like three hundred fifty three dollars. So. I don't remember that. So it must have been in the seventies. <laughs> I don't know my audience here. I don't know, though, because, you know, some of the more coastal, the ones that are in the flood, it seems to me like they're going up. They Or they have gone up. Yeah, Maybe. I don't know. Well, here's something I wanted to talk about. Like, a mass exodus has been going on. In 2004, when we had the four hurricanes, uh, there was, like, a huge issue that insurance companies were like, bye. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then it seems like now it's happening again. Mm-hmm. What's going on? Now, I hit the... It's a, it's interesting cycle because I did until now I, I I never really saw the the evolution of the market swings in the insurance industry, and when I came into the industry late two thousand eight early two thousand nine, yes, all of the companies in two thousand four they had been severely stressed. Most of them left, and it was a hard market. But then when I came in, it it, it was softening, and so all the prices were going down because they'd been high recovering from from those storms and so when I got in the industry it was like taking candy from a baby it was so easy because everybody was jumping because they were so used to the high prices and then we opened up uh, the agency in Oviedo a different agency and it was just like the business was just fist ju- just jumping into the boat I mean we grew that book so fast and um and then, uh, you know, cut a couple years, and then I was out of the industry for a couple years, and then I came back, and it was starting to harden. I didn't really understand why it was harder to get business. And then came Matthew, Matthew Irma, Michael, and then all of this roof fraud with the, the roof, cri- you know, um, all that, st- and the assignment of benefits uh, stuff. And it is just... Yeah, it's it's breaking the industry. It is just it's crazy because now people are just being squeezed. Just you know, people are so upset. And uh, I got into the industry thinking, you know, this is great. Everyone's happy. They're buying houses. They're excited. I get to go and make people happy all day. And now it's turned into my worst nightmare. You know, everyone's like, "Why did you raise my prices? You Mm -hmm. suck. I'm gonna sue you." Mm-hmm. Like they didn't make how much last year? They like uh, they had a, a profit of like a couple billion. They don't. They don't. Um, but citizens is not a, a not for a not for profit. They're not a profit. Um, so yeah, they're a state emergency. But the yeah. amount of policies that came through, so if you can add up the money, how much was collected? Right, but um, you know they're responsible, and uh, yeah, because no one else can find anything out. I mean, everyone's piling into yeah. citizens. Yeah, because no one else is. Can 
writing. That's right. So last year, um, the last one that I heard, because I've written so far, like, uh, since the pandemic, but like the reparations housing policy. Yeah. And they suggest that by the end of this year, we're going to have a million. Yeah. They're going to write a million. I've heard that also. And it's like, if we get one or four hurricanes or three main storms this year, like, I'll tell you what I saved a bunch of this money stamp, but it does eat up. Well, and I'll tell you what's scary is all those people. There's a lot of people who are just, you know, price, price, price. I don't care if it's citizens. Just give me price, price, price. And on their applications, it literally says if there's an emergency and citizens run short on money, they will be assessed 45% of their premium. So that means that means if citizens run short on their money and they are not financially secure, if they choose to do so, they can assess all the citizens, policyholders, 45% of their premium. So, yeah, like say your policies, um, what, uh, I don't know, I don't do the math. A say you're paying $1,000 a year. A year. Okay. What's, that's 45, 40, $450. They could just whack you. Oh, pay up. We're in a deficit. You're a citizen's policy holder. 45%. Which is like right. how we got hit I'm not even a citizen. A You're citizen. not, so you'll never go over 13. But all the citizens, no policy holders. Stuff went up. Oh man, I had a client call me and he's just like, dude, my shit went up like two percent. I'm like, oh, okay. Oh, that's. I was telling Jared that's nothing. I've seen, I've seen, um, I've seen up to what was it, six thousand dollars year over year. I saw one in Orange County a couple months ago, twenty. Six thousand dollars every year. Yeah. Now that was a. A it house, a like okay. it was a big house, okay. it's but it's yeah. I mean, pe they're trying to get what they're trying to do is just. I think they're just the ones that they don't non renew. They're just trying to. Trying to weed them out. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. okay. Maybe, but you know, all that stuff has to go through Tallahassee. All admitted companies have to be approved for their their rates. Okay. So just remember. That if you get a, a rate hike, it wasn't your agent to do it. All that stuff, with, all that shit is approved by Tallahassee yeah. first for admitted companies. Okay. For non-admitted companies, they can do what they want. So what's admitted company? What's the difference between yeah. admitted and non-admitted? So an admitted company basically you have to g be vetted and get approval to write in the state of Florida and be backed by the Florida Guarantee Fund. Okay. So basically, be vetted by Tallahassee. Yeah, the the Office of Financial, whatever. Anyways, they um, – and because the admitted companies are backed by the state of Florida, so kind of like the uh, FDIC is insured, your, your bank account okay. is insured. Yeah. Okay. So that's similar to how they how the state of Florida insures okay. admitted companies. Gotcha. So admitted companies have to go. They have to be vetted. They have to be approved. They have to submit their rates and all their stuff. And then the state of Florida says, yes, you may do business here or no, you may not. Or change this or change that or whatever, and then we'll allow you to be admitted. Now, a non-admitted company, they're like your huge behemoths like Lloyd's of London, Scottsdale, Aegis, all of these companies who are AM best rated like Prime, AM best rated Superior, like huge, monstrous companies. Um, they don't want to deal with the state of Florida, and they're not going to deal with the state of Florida. So they don't they, – and, you know, they don't care. You know, yeah, so they come yeah. in and take specialty 
Um, they'll do specialty stuff that other companies won't because they can. Yeah, but they got to charge for it. Of course. Yeah. So that's where you – now I'm starting to understand because uh, I was going to find one – I read a article on this with Waitrose area and uh, specialty companies. Now I'm starting to get grab the ledge of that. Like you can buy the company. Yeah. Or they don't – they can get too obsessed about like the premium. Like if you want it, here. Right. We'll do it for a price. Yeah. For so a price. Somebody on here, Catherine Ernst, she just asked, you know, what is what does vetted mean? So I'm, I mean, is, is they have to go oh, through. Hi, Mom. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. All right. Well, I'm sure she said earlier, she's like, my daughter knows a lot about insurance. And, uh, and I was like, that's like, oh, you're older. But I wasn't going to say. <laughs> you outed me, Mom. Uh, my mom likes to chime in, too. <laughs> That it just means uh, that they take a very close look at, um, you know, their financials okay. and uh, their rating systems. They look at everything. Okay. Mm -hmm. So they're going through the job interview, which they have to go through, or they have to look through everything about you right. before they say, yeah, you can come up with them. And you're, you're um, what's your title? Are you considered a title? or? My agency? Yeah. Well, we're an agency. We're not an insurer. So. Oh, like, a, like a broker? Yes. Yeah. So yeah, that's different, right? Because agencies they Should find the policies, but then you yeah. have the under the companies that do the underwriting that actually do the insurance. Right. So there's two different kinds of generally because yeah. there's a couple uh, there's a couple hybrids, but generally you have a a, a um, captured agent and an independent agent. A captured agent is like your State Farm, okay. um, your Farmers, so Kin. Only that company. that company, and they're not allowed to write anything else. Gotcha. So you go to that company, they're like, here's your State Farm, but I don't like State Farm. Well, you get State exactly. Farm. Okay. Whereas you can shop around mm -hmm. for the coverage. We've got, got yeah, we, we're, we've got contracts with probably 30-some-odd companies, okay. and, we, um, and what we do is we'll shop them all, and then yeah. we'll come back with the best two. And usually um, we will, uh, I will do a video. Um, just explaining, you know, I usually I keep it under five minutes, yeah. you know, for the individual customer yeah. and I'll go, you know, I'll just basically say, here's, you know, thank you for letting us take a look at your house. Here's your, um, you know, we, we found your replacement cost to be around this. Here's your coverages. Here's a little bit, a little about, you know, each coverage that you see on your deck page yep. or the quote. And then if they have other questions, then they can, um, give me a call and we'll, I'll answer all their questions. Okay. Yeah. So is there, is there an advantage to go, to go with somebody like you who is, can shop around versus going with directly like a State Farm agent or a Securities First agent or something like that? Is there, is there pros and cons to each side? I mean, obviously you can shop around and find yeah. a good rate, whereas they can't. But do they get some sort of discounted rate because they're working directly for the company? No, um, I might. A lot of people are going to be mad at me, but I think, well, you know, I've seen a lot of, uh, I've seen a lot of kind of um, squirrely behavior with some of those agents because they're so desperate to get deals. They'll cut coverages and stuff like that, you oh, know. Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So they're, they're cutting coverage and they're just not explaining what's going the on. Customer, if they did, the customer didn't understand it. I, you know, it's, and it's not always the cap captured agents that do it because I, 
have universal PNC and I had uh, another realtor give me uh, one of his clients who had just she actually had just bought three weeks ago here in Altamont Springs and he's like I want you to get a, a better policy well I looked at her policy I saw the same company but I looked and she didn't have that agent left off um, loss of rents like this was a, an investment they left off lo loss of rents. They left off vandalism and mi mischief. Um, yeah. yeah, a lot of the stuff that you would think a landlord yeah. needs. I mean, and I and I talked to her and I said, you know, this agent, yes, this is, well, she didn't think it was a good price, but honestly, it was a good price for what she bought. Right. And um, I said, this is actually a, a good price. You're not going to find anything better. But I'll tell you what, uh, you don't have any vandalism on here. What if your tenants decide to trash yeah. it? Would the, yeah. They get mad. You know, loss of rents. Yeah. If 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 they, you know, if if something happens and they have to move out, right. you're not making any money. Yeah. yeah. And there was one other thing I can't remember off the top of my head, but there was three things, and I, I said, I don't know how that agent wrote that policy and didn't tell you that. Yeah. But they're out there. So what about the the actual cost? I mean, your shop. You know, for you example, you're shopping around at 30 different companies, and if, I mean, all of the coverages are basically the same if somebody needs a certain amount of dwelling a certain amount of liabilities like if all that stuff is the same why is there such a wide range of costs is it just kind of like the the porsche versus the you know toyota camry is that kind of what it is it's does what is one company better than the other so they can charge more or is it customer service from that company is it like what is why is there such a big price difference sometimes Well, you know, bundling in Florida is, it's tough. It's not like other states. We're a horse of another color. Another one of my customers, she insisted on a bundle. Yeah, she insisted on a bundle, and I went through and, and got her the one company. I didn't even know they did bundles, but I got her one, and it was three times what she's paying right now. Jeez. So I tell people, you can have a bundle, but it's not going to save you any money here. Right. In, in Florida, it's not going to save you any money. But back to your question, yeah. um, Every company is going after, you know, every company has a different business model, yeah. and they're going after different stuff. So some people like brand new stuff in Lake, Lake and Sumter counties. Okay. Some, no, some people like coastal. Okay. Some people like Polk County. Some people are going for Volusia. So it's Zip kind of codes. Like a business model to that particular insurance company where they like to do coastal, so they'll, they'll try to entice them by having a cheaper price for coastal, whereas, you know, inside, you know, mm -hmm. Port Central of the state, they're like, eh, we don't. We don't want to deal with all those people going to go to there. We just want the, you know beach people. We only want con like Cypress. We want con. They're pushing okay. these condos, 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 condos. Right. But meanwhile, they won't take anything over thirty years. And uh, I got a call the other day from the rep, and she was like, "Victoria, you're going to be selling blah blah blah." And I go, "Well, your prices aren't in line, and not to mention you're not renewing a lot of my customers. No. So don't be talking to me about contests <laughs> when you're not renewing the people you got." So. <laughs> Oh, I'm sure of it. Yeah, I'm so sure I'm, of it. I'm starting to hear a little bit of whispers of that occurring. Oh, yeah. Really. Well, it, it's an interesting thing not to interrupt you, but, you know, since the, the supply shortage, all of the uh, building materials have gone sky high. And, uh, you know, our replacement cost estimators have also gone yeah. sky high. Yeah. Well, that was what I was 
telling you about that's what we were talking about with the the person I was doing the aerial photos for their insurance had gone up but part of it was we were talking about cost materials to replace have also gone up because she noticed on her on her declaration page that the dwelling coverage had mm-hmm. had increased quite a bit so well they they also have inflation guard Okay. So a lot, m- most policies have a like a maybe like a three or four percent built in, okay. just to rise with the market as it gradually. But when people are refinancing, yeah. those lenders they want they were asking before the new laws went in where we couldn't release the RCEs. They were wanting RC re, they were wanting us to redo everyone's RCE, mm-hmm. and th- things are coming in thirty forty. What is RCE? RCE sorry, replacement cost estimator. Okay. That's right. Use your lingo. We'll call Estimator. Okay, so they're adjusting those too. So everyone's adjusting their spouse. So that means more insur- insurance is going to go up. So not only interest rates are going up, but insurance is going up. Mm-hmm. Uh, so therefore, making it even harder for buyers to to get in. Right. Um, you know, I, I just uh, talk about like people like companies cherry picking. Did you hear about State Farm? No. What? They're not taking anything older than two thousand. Oh, I believe that. Really? Oh, there's wow. a m- most companies no. are doing that. Wow. In, it's it, insane. It, a, there's companies that aren't taking anything older than 2019 in Orange County. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. What kind of a business model is that? But they they, they don't they want can, it. They can do. It. I mean, obviously they're making enough money doing what they do. So and it's it's a thing. Like my I have my friend who works for State Farm, and she's like, insurance companies don't make any money for them. Right. Oh, yeah, that's I know, and I hate it. That's what people that's forget. True. I've called you many times, just like. So frustrated right. with the whole insurance. We have had some conversations. Just, and I, I love you. Like, I love you all for it. And it's just like I'm venting to a friend right. who's in the industry. Mm-hmm. But it's true. I mean, the, the insurance company, they're, they're a business just like I'm in business of real estate. Yeah. You are. You're in the you know, insurance agency business. We're all in the business to make money just like the big, giant you know, insurance companies. Right. So, yes, when they take your money, they don't want to give it away they don't want to you know reimburse people for all that stuff so they're going to fight it they're going to try to well, get around it but that's true too but you know right now so many are going insolvent you can't say that they're just it's raking true. in the so, bucks i mean they're well yeah that's, they're going that's un- bankrupt so why why is there not like the can you still go buy stuff off the line yeah why like they're they're the inside well i mean um, these companies uh, there's been a well, leaving Florida or going, going in so, going under. I mean, yeah. I did a uh, I did a uh, presentation a couple of weeks ago, and uh, I had nine pages of companies that have gone under. Wow. Yes, St. John's was St. John's was the eighth largest in the state, and yeah. they went under uh, as of March first. And um, Slide came in and take, took over a new company called Slide that had just <laughs> been approved by the state. And luckily, uh, the Tallahassee approved them to take all of St. John's' business. Wow. Damn. So. Are they going to do fall preparation for them to do the adjustments and stuff like that? We've already seen it. They're doing they big. Yeah. Like sink or shit will get off the pot kind of thing? Well, just we got to write this book so that it doesn't so that we can stay solvent you know they're going in and they're increasing prices to match you know because they have the actuarials they're 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 looking at the numbers Mm -hmm. and they have to keep a a minimum surplus 
and they have to buy reinsurance. Reinsurance is what insures them in case of a hurricane. Mm -hmm. Well, like the, the big uh, companies that they buy. So all of these companies have to have reinsurance. So they buy so that if a, a hurricane or a major storm comes through, if they're, uh, you know, they have help paying, paying the claims mm -hmm. because they have to keep a minimum amount of surplus for all. I don't know what the number is, but of course, there's percentages for how big their book is, how much surplus they have to have and how much reinsurance they have to have. Now, remember, when all of these storms go through, remember Harvey went through Texas mm -hmm. um, and then the wildfires in California, um, all of these global companies that do the reinsurance, all of those got affected by all of those things yeah. um, because they're doing reinsurance. They're not just doing reinsurance for Florida. They're doing it all over the globe. That's wild. And so... I didn't even imagine that as a thing. Yeah, so... Really? so, so so they go in and, of course, they set their rates and they look at the storm season or the different factors in whatever areas they are in, right. you know. And then, and then they, uh, they set their prices. And then, of course, you know, in Florida, we're back to uh, mostly regional carriers. So they're not huge, strong, mm -hmm. you know. Even, um, you know, Allstate, they won't write an Allstate. They write Castle Key. They have regional carriers so that they don't expose their main big company to Florida and Florida's uh, problems. So what, what is like, I, but what's causing these, these companies to go belly up? The, cla the claims. So what's, what are their biggest claims? So right now, so, okay, so this is, this is my ideas. This is your theory. This is my theory. All right. Okay. Okay. Theory. Here's my theory. So in. 2004 we had charlie go through and it destroyed i mean i don't remember i don't know if you remember when they would do aerials over or you know the central florida area and there was just blue tarps everywhere okay so what happened everybody got a new roof yes and on top of that the state uh suspended permits i think it was the state yes or, they or did they suspended permits so everyone and their mother who who knew how to lay a shingle they all of a sudden became roofers. Right. And coming down. That's right. And then, so you get, so normally, I my guess, my idea is that everything's kind of like um, random. So you, you know, not everyone gets a roof at the same time. Right. It's kind of here, there, here, there, right. here, there. What? Maybe small pockets with a hailstorm or something like that. Right, so everyone got a new roof. So everyone's roof is aging at the same pace. Uh, oh, they all know it too, and these companies know it. And well, I, I mean, they do, right but there. but they know it. But then you get these roofers who are opportunistic, and they're going and knocking on everyone's doors and whole neighborhoods. We yep. can get you new roof. We can get you new roof. We can get you new roof. Yep. We'll tie it back to this hailstorm. We'll tie it back to this. Because they have records of all the hailstorms. Yeah, yeah. So they can pin it on a storm. Yeah. And and then it, it, it I, I feel like, so I think it's like the perfect storm because you've got the roofers working with the attorneys. You've got the assignment of benefits. So you've got not so great people having people sign over their insurance rights right. to the insurance company or to the roofer. Yeah. And then if the roofer, so <laughs> I, I've seen 
roofers, they'll have them sign over their insurance rights in the assignment of benefits, which is now they've tried to, they've done legislation to put, because these roofers, some of them would go and then they wouldn't even, uh, they wouldn't do the roof right. They wouldn't finish the roof. Some, some didn't do it a, a roof at all. And that, yeah, and then they go build the insurance company. What would be a ten or $12,000 roof is now a $30,000 oh, roof. And then if they don't get it, they go, fine. And they hand it over to their attorneys they're working with. And then the attorneys just started filing suit after suit after suit after suit. I heard a, a, uh, a stat a couple of weeks ago. Or it, um, the, uh, and something like 79% of the lawsuits against insurers were in out of all the United States. Like seventy nine percent were in Florida. Yeah, that's. Wow. I, I ha- had a client, and um, it, it we were selling her house, and she said that there was no litigation, so she didn't realize. But they were waiting for something to come in the mail from their ins- from the for the roofing and everything. And it turns out a, a misnamed company filed a lawsuit against the insurance company for the roof. Oh yeah. And it wasn't and it was actually for the whole neighborhood. Oh wow. There was like over 30, yeah, 40 yeah. homes in the neighborhood Jeez. that was a part of this giant lawsuit and it had up to 2 years to settle it. Oh, and they like it, it held up our closing and it became extremely problematic. The seller had to get her own private lawyer to go after that lawyer to get them off of the suit. Right. Yeah. And uh, eventually we were able to get it done, uh, but it was I was just I was my first real taste of like the roofers are some of these roofers are really shady and mm-hmm. they're going after insurance companies like here sign this and we'll get a new roof for you yeah so here we'll, we'll negotiate with your insurance company and they're yeah. suing the insurance company yes and so it. here and then when the um and then here's the fun part when the when the homeowner goes wait a minute i didn't i didn't I, want i didn't want i didn't want you to sue they're like well, now we're going to sue you because right. you signed the assignment of benefits that said it's our benefits so now you're involved so they get sued yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's called reading the what, right. reading what you're signing. Right. Well, yeah. Never, that's that's uh, always important to do. You should read what you're. But there's some of that. Some of those insurance contracts. Well, are like, yeah, they're this thick, and they slide it in there, and you're yeah. just like do 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 do. How often do you read? Like even like if it's a short article, I gotta read it two or three times before I really get the process of yeah. you know what's going on. Let alone. A contract with all a bunch of legal jargon. Right. That, I mean, geez. You know, like, it's kind of goes back to the whole apps. <laughs> like, terms and conditions. Oh, yeah. you go to terms and conditions, you yeah. go to open it yep. up. And it's like, agree. Three or 30 pages long. I you're mean, like, no you're like, one's going to read how this. How fast can I scroll down? Exactly. Oh, this it. one's a long yeah. one. Right. Right. Exactly. You know, South Park actually made a very funny episode about that. Did like they? about Apple. It's like sign here, and like it, you know, the movie Centipede, mm-hmm. like, discussing horror films. So they, it kind of like they saw Park about reading terms and conditions, like, and the guy's like, no, 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 you're supposed to read what you're signing. <laughs> now we can just tie you guys together. I <laughs> saw that. I saw that one. Yeah. Yes, it was disgusting. I know. And then after, like, the, it just kept getting progressively worse for oh. them. And he was just like, just sign this and we'll let you go. And they yeah. just sign it. It's like, no, no, no. It was, like, it was the funniest <laughs> episode I've ever seen in my life. It's like, so true. Yeah, so true. And, like, I do the same thing. I'm guilty of it. But, yeah. like, when it comes to, like, legal documents and, like, 
really oh, yeah. good. I'm we really all do. good at it. I'm oh, always, yeah. See, I, I always, I'm not used I, to that. I either. try to read through as much as I can, but yeah. sometimes it's like, I mean, how bad could it be if I don't read the whole thing? <laughs> <laughs> that's that's <laughs> the thought yeah. that goes through my head. Well, what's well, the worst that could happen? I trust these people. <laughs> right. Yeah. I trust them. Yeah. Well, I mean, how many of your clients, as, as an agent, I mean, how many of your clients that you're working with, do they, uh, unless you sit down and, and go oh, through I it. Oh, I sit down. But I'm saying, if you were to hand it to them, how many do you think would actually read it? Hardly. Yeah, and not say anything? Right. I, I, only, only a handful of people right. actually yeah. sit there yeah. and go through it right. that I've had. But I usually force them to go through well, it. Well, yeah. Yeah. And that's what, yeah. that's what we're here for. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, we've talked about, like, kind of what insurance is, how much it costs. When, so, you know, you have your policy. When should I actually make a claim? Because that's always a question in the back of my mind. Like, okay, if something breaks, like if, if my shed, I have a couple sheds on my property. If something breaks or it breaks, you know, whatever, at what point, you know, if, if my deductible is $1,000, $2,500, at what point should I really start thinking about making a claim? Is it $5,000 or... You know, I mean, it's, I don't want to make the claim and then I get a mark on my credit history or my insurance credit history. What there will be, mm-hmm. whenever you're filing a claim, it's on your, it's your history. That's and what I'm like saying. And you get docked for it. I don't want to. Which is nuts. So I, that's why, like, how, I know it's important when I make a claim and it's going to hurt me later on. So at what point should I make that claim, do you think? That's a great question because I get that question a lot, people yeah. on the fence. Um, I, I usually just, I, I take a look at it and, um. If their deductible is twenty five hundred and it's yeah. going to be like three thousand dollars, just pay it because you don't want to have right. that on your record. Mm-hmm. I can't tell you how many people come to me and they have two, three, four claims and nobody will insure them they because and they wonder why because they're frequent flyers and everyone knows that it's on their there because they. Here's the biggest issue, is of course, your your homeowner's insurance is for catastrophic catastrophic events. But what I see from young people is that they think it's a maintenance policy. Okay. Mm. And they're like, my air conditioning broke. Can I claim that? No, honey. You bought a house. Right. Yeah, that's and you're thing. responsible to maintain yeah. it properly. Well, what does insurance really look like? Bitch, we're not running those. Right. And, and that's the biggest problem I see. So what I do is I kind of evaluate it. And if it's like if it's a water leak and it's going to be $8,000, you know what? That's kind of catastrophic because who has a lot of people don't have eight thousand dollars laying around. Right. And yeah, and that's just probably the first stage of the problem. But I right. Mean, what about all the damage? Right. right. Personal damage. Right. Too. right. But people call me up and they're like, um, someone else just bought a house down in Polk County, and and she called me uh, literally a week after they closed and said, I have a claim. Yeah. I have a claim. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I said, Do you? What happened? Yeah. And why didn't the inspector catch it? Right. Uh, right. right. And, uh, yeah. So anyway, ended up, um, I, well, I, I said, well, I, I would get a plumber out there and take a look cause it was a leak somewhere or something. And apparently it was minimal. It was like 500 bucks. Oh, I, yeah, that's not bad. But I actually, um, sorry to interrupt, but, uh, I had a friend who literally was going through that. He reached out to me and he was like, what's it, what's it going like for the roof? Because I've been asking him, he's like, dude, what's this place? I'm pulling up and I'm like, you have missing shingles, too. Oh, no. And it's a three-tab slab, and I'm trying to get oh. an education. And so he hit me up today, and he's like, what's the matter with the price of your roof? And I was like, maybe like three years ago, it's a you have a 2,100 square foot, right? Yeah, like 2,000 square foot. I'm like, 
Hi. So you have two stories. So you're literally it's a simple yeah. four yeah four sided vehicle. Back in the day, it's probably about eight sided. Right now, you're probably What should I look out for for these roofers? And I said, make sure they're not suing <laughs> the the insurance company. And right. Not one call. Right. So I told them, hopefully you can use them as a benefit. Oh, okay. Serious. Yeah. No assignment of benefits. Do no not. Assignment of benefits. Do you not. That, do not sign. No assign assignment of benefits. benefits. So what it, do you what do you what do you do instead of it? Like you just take care of it. The first thing I would do is ask the roofer, do you use an assignment of benefits? Okay. Oh, blah, 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 blah. Okay. That's Goodbye. That's the, if mm-hmm. they're circling around it, then mm-hmm. that's a yes. Yeah. Um, there's plenty of roofers out there that don't use assignment of benefits who are great people. I can recommend two or three that have done great jobs for people that I know mm-hmm. and have gone above board and uh, fantastic. Um, uh, and I just, you know, I, I, it's tough because there's so many, but. Ask your agent, you know. I'd go ask your insurance agent. Okay. Um, that's yeah. what I would do. So when it comes to making claims, then is it – are all claims created equal then? Because it kind of sounds like you make a claim and go – it's a mark. It doesn't matter if it's for, you know, $500 or if it's for, you know, $5,000. A claim is a claim. Is that how they look at it? Or do they look at, well, yes, it was a claim, but it was only just a little bit. So we don't mark that one as bad or something. This is how they look at it. First of all, there's different, um, they label them like a water claim or an act of God or okay. hail. Mm-hmm, hail's like hail uh, or, you know, so something that you have, it had nothing to do with you right. and you couldn't help it. It just happened is called an act of God. You can have um, usually one or two acts of God and they won't really say anything because okay. obviously it wasn't your fault. You start having water claims every year for two or three years. Now it's to the point because I'm sure you guys have heard about it. Oh, we need a new kitchen. Oops, we have a broken pipe. You know, Um, you know, you start reading between the lines. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And and I'm not saying they all are. Of course, pipes break. They do. Some people just have really bad luck. And every time they go in their kitchen, something breaks. I guess, but they do now. It's to the point where um, a couple companies, if you have a uh, a water, any kind of water loss, mm-hmm. they won't write you. Even if it depends on the piping, they know. They're just they don't. They're a, a few companies. They just won't be, because of the nature of water claims and the abuse. They won't. They say you have a water claim. We won't write you. Other companies, they'll – and it lasts on your records for five years. So – and some will some will allow one water claim, but if it's over 5000 then no. Or if it's over 10000 no. And, of course, every different company has their different rules. Mm-hmm. But um, they are very – they are looking at water losses very critically. Mm-hmm. And then she sold, like, she got the vehicle and everything like that. And then she didn't get the lot. Every insurance company was problematic. I think even Valley's Edge. I don't even remember what they called it. Yeah. Um, last year, she was trying to, like, she was trying to get insurance, and no one was touching her because of that particular 
Um, and it's like, it, you say it yourself, like, there are, like, active gods. Like, I'm sorry, I'm pretty sure she didn't call Thor. Right. I have. I don't recall that particular case, but um, I have, I I have a couple customers who have have had lightning strikes. Um, it does show. Um, here's the other thing that I've noticed, probably that uh, I've noticed on some people. If you're, di- I've seen this happen too, when people are um, maybe not so nice to the adjusters. Or not uh, so sweet. Um, like favorites now. Well, well no, no if they're difficult yeah. or nasty, okay. um, then sometimes I'll see, uh, uh, like, say, a lightning struck, but then rain came through, and they'll open a second claim for water. And as soon as you have that happen, the person doesn't know it. They're just like, ha-ha, I'm getting my way. Um but then they go to try to drop the company or go get insurance later. They can't get insurance oh because without even knowing it, I've seen a couple cases like that where the people are trying to get insurance. My other company and they, you know, badmouth the other company, and uh, and then I go pull. You know, we we pull the insurance reports. Yeah, um, pull the insurance reports, and you know, several claims come up, and they're like, well, I only had one claim. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> This says different. Right. Oh, and they have the same date. I'm like, I'm like, okay, and I can tell by the way they're, they're talking. I'm like, this person's a problem. So I, I know, I, yeah, I know, I know it, I know it went down. <laughs> And I can't, unfortunately, you know, they're like, well, I need to get it taken off. I need to get it changed. Okay, well, good luck to you because now you have to go back to the company yeah. and ask or go to I Lexus to or go to LexisNexis and dispute it, yeah. which takes. What's LexisNexis? Because that sounds like a phone slash car. <laughs> LexisNexis is the, uh, they do the insurance reports. Okay. And so say, so I kind of equate it to your credit so when you have a credit score you have what Experian, TransUnion and what's the other one? Yeah, Equifax and if you see something that's not accurate on there you go and you write a letter and you do whatever you have to do to clear it off or whatever well it's similar to that LexisNexis keeps insurance scores um, there's like two there's three like A plus LexisNexis and Clue mm-hmm. I think Anyway, um, Clue is mostly for cars, for auto insurance, but LexisNexis is more for homes. And, uh, yeah, if you want something changed on your report, you have to go through Lex- LexisNexis. Yeah, that's tough. Yes. Mm-hmm. So what's going on in the uh, state legislature? Like, there is supposed to be a special session going on this month. Mm-hmm. Do, do you have any details that you can share with us on what that's supposed to be about and what they can get hope? Well, um, <clears throat> I know that DeSantis, uh, he did, I, I, I think several people had called for a special session, and he said, no, we've already dealt with it because they passed legislation in 2019, and then they passed legislation last June in 2021. And that was supposed to kind of curb the assignment of benefits and the, the <clears throat> multiples on the, the attorneys were taking, and it was supposed to slow the, the lawsuits down, et cetera. So he has, he doesn't, we can understand he doesn't have 
Right. Well, the problem is that companies continue to go under and people are screaming because their premiums are doubling, tripling. And so they did uh, They did announce that they were going to do a special session. My understanding, uh, which, uh, you know, I haven't done a lot of reading. I've just done cursory reading on it. But what they're trying to do now is do a roof schedule, an ACV roof schedule, which is actual cash value. So when you have an insurance uh, on I'm, the whiskey's getting to me. <laughs> this is going to be like drunk stories. <laughs> have you ever seen that YouTube channel? Yes. They tell you? Drunk, drunk history. Drunk history. They literally talk this about is, history and they are just hammered. This is, this is going to be. They have actors, well-known actors, like right. etching out the sketch and saying <laughs> This is going to be drunk insurance. Anyways. <laughs> so they're looking at doing a roof, ske roof schedule. So right now, say you have a hailstorm and your roof is 18 years old. Uh, you claim the roof and you get a brand new roof. No questions asked. You get a brand new roof even though your roof was 18 years old and on its last leg. Okay. So, right. Well, so one of the ideas that they have is that roofs should be on a roof schedule where you get replacement cost on it for the first, say, maybe two years or five years or something like that. And then after that, they do a scale of how much life is left on the roof. So say you have hail damage and your roof is 18 years old, well, they're just going to give you what the actual cash value of the roof is at the time of the loss. So that way, you're kind of splitting up the responsibility with the homeowner to maintain their home properly, and you're kind of making it fair so that the insurance companies aren't handing everyone brand new roofs, even though their roof should have been changed, you know. Right. Maybe like eight years prior. To right. Depending on the type of roof. Because, you know, uh, especially in West Orange County where there's all those tile roofs, some of those roofs are $100,000. Yeah, and they don't think about that. Yeah. And yeah. they buy those houses and, the, uh, you know, I, what? Yeah, yeah I've got a, bill. yeah, and I've got a couple, I've got a couple of insureds over there on the West Side with those. And their roofs are 35, 40 years old, you know, yeah. cracked. Those, those tile roofs are, they, they last, yeah. No, they don't. They, they thought they did. But now, mm, no, they've they, they've moved those to like 15, 20 years themselves because uh, because they're seeing the cracks. I don't know. Yeah, at least yeah. Well, they don't. But the, the tile roofs, it's not so much the tiles themselves. It's that underlayment where you know because that's oh, where the water okay. penetration. The the tiles themselves, the, the they, don't do they don't do anything as far as protecting water from coming in like a regular shingle roof where. You that's actually keeping the water from penetrating. Before you put the tile down, you have this underlayment that is like a water guard. That's what's going over the plywood. Mm -hmm. That is your protection. The tile helps. It helps kind of break it up and then funnel it down so it doesn't sit there. But the tile itself is not your protection onto the roof. It's the underlayment that goes. So tiles can crack and you just replace, replace those tiles. But did you know that bats love those roofs? Do they really? What? Huge oh, problem. Yeah. That makes sense. Huge They're problem. Opening too. Yeah. Yeah, I did not know, but that is a real problem. That really? makes sense. Huh. That wow. makes a lot of sense. 
apparently such a problem that they've started re they re-engineered how they do the tiles so that they're built in so that the bats can't yeah, get in, in there. because there's such a problem yeah. Oh yeah. Because like you have the lowest one, which is like three tiles wide, and they say it's good for thirty years, but realistically we know it's like twelve to sixteen. Mm -hmm. An insurance company, and I'm hearing from past clients and other realtors, uh, talk saying that like insurance companies aren't touching roofs that are older than ten years. Mm -hmm. And it's like even if it's a three tile or like architectural, so it's right. like thirty, but realistically you're looking at twenty twenty two. Well, how is this, how is this like being any, any fairness to like the consumer who's paying thousands of dollars a year to a company who's saying, sorry, we're dropping you because your, uh, your 10 year old roof is, yeah. is old. Well, I, I, I have not a, compromising anymore. well, I have a feel, and it's true. And people call me and I feel bad because they're like, there's nothing wrong with my roof. And I'm sure there's not, yeah. but I don't make the rules. Um, but I think it's it's one of those compounding problems where, you know, they, the their answer was to pull back on the age of the roof. Therefore, it's forcing more people to go, well, now I have to get a new roof because I can't get insurance. So it's like a vicious right. cycle um, that people are like, uh, I, didn't, I wasn't going to change my roof. There was nothing wrong with it. But now I have to because I can't get insurance. Yeah. And then so, 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 yeah. So, so then they go back to, and they're like, well, I'm going to file a claim. <laughs> Because right, yeah. <laughs> I, I can't afford a new roof. I, I, well, the listing that I have, we're you know they're in that same boat. Their their insurance said, hey, you're you're going to be non-renewed if you don't get a new roof a, a new roof in July. They're trying to sell the house, but we've talked about whoever buys the house probably is going to have an issue getting insurance on it. So now he's kind of at that standstill, like. I guess I'm gonna have to replace the roof before. How old's the roof? Uh, oh five. It's two thousand five. Yeah. Wait, is it is it in Volusia County? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, we have specialty companies that'll go up to twenty years. Oh really? Yeah. Okay. Is there for a, a price? Uh, for a price. Is there roofs that you see favoritism? Like I see a lot of people shifting to aluminum roofs or metal roofs. That is a very good option because they'll go up to sometimes, depending, again, depending on the company, but sometimes they'll go up to 50 years on a metal roof because metal roofs, yeah. um, but it's yeah. It's all about the steel quality, right? Well, it, it is, but I mean, it's, it's all about the quality of work on any roof, really. Mm -hmm. I mean, right. if you do a good job, then it's going to last yeah. for the maximum amount of time. It's the same thing with metal roofs. I did see something recently because I, the new, uh, the new building I bought has a metal roof, and um, it's a new old building. Okay. But <laughs> yes, the Fitch House, uh huh, at Founders Square. But I was reading an article about metal roofs because I thought metal roofs were like indestructible, and they're like, I think it was Citizens I was reading, and they were like, oh, but you have to if it's corrugated. But I guess there's two different kinds of metal roofs. So one is um, corrugated where they put the the, the screws in. Yeah. And the screws are just open to the elements. Right. 
and then there's one word there's like a little flap that's yeah, over like yeah and it covers right. the screws the ma- majority of aluminum rings that you see like a patio they have that protective thing. So I was looking at mine, and it doesn't. And it said, I read this article, and they said if it's not doesn't have the protective sheath over it, that you are actually supposed to change out the screws like every seven to ten years because the seals will start, yeah, and and getting baked in the sun, so they they get, yeah. I was like, you never heard of that, but that's a new. Uh, Stream of income that someone could have. Stream, yeah, right? <laughs> we'll come in and replace those screws. <laughs> exactly. How much so. is it going to cost? Well, per screw, it's about 40 bucks. So. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So there's, there's a question I've been wanting to I mean, as Sarah's raised her children up, um, or Ryan, actually, Ryan had asked, did we talk about ten roofs? You said ten a roof? roofs? Yeah. Because uh, that's just that. It's, I mean, it's a that fully metal cool. roof. So, I mean, there's different types of metal. There's aluminum. I have some tin. Uh, it just really depends on the builder. You know what? I saw the coolest thing. So I'm in B&I, uh-huh. and there's a roofer in our group. And a couple uh, weeks ago, he brought in these new things they're developing where it's a metal roof with a shingle kind of look on, like, the you know, the, the, the what's the, what do they call it, the little granules? Oh, granules. Gravel. So it was a it was a metal roof, but it had the gravel of a shingle. Yes, so it looks like a shingle roof, but it is a metal roof. That sounds like a specialty roof that just costs way more than it should. Maybe he didn't promise it was the cheapest. But then he also brought in a like a plastic roof, and it looked like um like boulders, like it looked like slate, and it was some kind of composite plastic something and it was supposed to be even better than a metal roof and of course they were specialty products but i was like holy moses like that's the kind of roofs we need when it comes to flat roofs because florida has a lot of flat roofs yes membrane there's uh, roll roofs um that seems to be a hot topic as well yeah what do you say for those with the Good luck to you because it's very hard to write flat roofs. Nobody likes flat, flat roofs because flat roofs leak a lot. Yeah, yeah they pool water. Um, mm-hmm. That's not close to the heart. I don't care if your shade is two years, two years old. Right. Your roof is stopped. The only uh, the only thing you really do is just kind of get it down to the arch or right. the angle. Yeah. All you need is like a quarter of an inch. Yep. Just go down. Yeah. Some of those mid-century moderns that were built in the 50s. In you know Orlando and uh, yeah yeah yes beautiful in their architecture some of them but yeah that flat roof is just gonna hurt you and 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 literally a lot of them those have been ten years and under roof requirements for as long as I can remember they've always been pretty strict and there's always been companies that are like no you know that's a very frequent one no flat roofs where's some other things that are giving we have our big four with really hammered roofs. Mm-hmm. Our roofs are traditionally built with plumbing and then we have our electrical. What are some other things that are giving are you seeing being really pushed back on for us? Oh, so as a realtor you you guys should know, no poly pipes. Nope. No poly pipes. And you know, with the market being so hard right now, um, 
you know, we used to be able to swing uh, a couple carriers would do poly pipes with you know limited water or no water but now i mean as far as the companies that would take them are mostly closed in the area now um so i just recommend people just i mean you're not it's going to be impossible basically impossible to write yeah, yeah, a lot of them do have some care, some don't, depending on what they use the cast iron for. Yeah. So such as, okay, what is used for this tube pipe? Because when you were in Ohio, it was raining and it was flooding. Uh, the flow is definitely the ones that hit you for your water, your clothes, right. sensibility, and stuff like that. So I'm trying to, community drainage, I can understand, but it's just, in my special opinion, cannot be doing what they are. But Most of the time. A little bit, yeah. Sometimes. Yeah, yeah. That, I, but you don't see a lot of that anymore. You don't really see a lot of cast iron. It's once in a while, mm -hmm. and yeah, depending on the company that's open now, you know, especially companies they don't argue, they don't even. We don't have to have have a four point for a specialty company. They don't care. Um, I mean, they do care about poly piping though. So if you know that there's poly piping, yeah. too late. I already know. Yeah. <laughs> And then the other one is aluminum. You used to be able to get away with aluminum wiring uh, a little not, bit. Yeah, no, nope, not anymore. Yeah. Nope. Uh, so the, for for uh, plumbing-wise, the biggest one is poly, uh, polybutylene. Then there's cast iron, and then there's galvanizer. Yeah. Cast iron and galvanizer is my biggest laugh of those systems. You don't know. It's the rust from the inside. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you don't need that in your body. You don't need that in your clothes. You don't mm -hmm. want that. Not usually. Um, the biggest thing with copper is. Um, Copper's for you specifically. Yes. Not nearly as much as seafood pipes are previously. So here's the here's the biggest thing. Most admitted companies they don't want a if if the if the they don't want to see if the home's over forty years old they don't want to see original pipes and. I can't tell you how many four-point inspections I've seen where it. I see it in the thing that there's PVC in under, you know, that there's PVC present, yeah. and then but and but the inspectors have to say it's original piping because there's no permit. There's no permit. If it's it, it, these days, and this isn't forever, I hope, but at this point in time, if there's no permit, it's like it never happened. Which is crazy because there, if there's images. But the inspectors don't want to put their name on it because they don't know. They're told they can't. Well, they don't want to be responsible if, you know, uh, Billy, Billy, Billy Bob went and changed his pipes and he didn't know what he was doing. And then two, you know, two months after they buy the house, Billy Bob's pipes didn't. Yeah, because <laughs> I, I, I need to fire Billy Bob. <laughs> yeah, but you're mine because he's the idiot. He decided to use plumber's tape instead of plumbing. Yeah. Tape. <laughs> you can't do that. You do that. It's All okay right. to use some form of it, but like when it comes to connecting pipes, you want plumber's tape. No. Yeah, right. and the other thing that that uh, realtors should know is that PEX pipe is becoming problematic if it was before 2010. What's going on with PEX pipe, and how do we know if it's uh, other than trends? Um, I, what's going on with PEX? 
Well, I do. I have an inspector friend, and he told me that with PEX, you can see a stamp on the PEX pipe that tells you the year that it was manufactured. He said that. I'm not an inspector, but he said if you look, if you sometimes you have to look. You know, you can't just you know glance. You have to sometimes search. But usually there's a stamp on the PEX. But I guess there was problems with the way they were manufacturing PEX before 2010. So a lot of companies have had problems with pre-2010 or or pre-2010 PEX, and they won't write it. But anything after 2010 is perfectly acceptable. It goes into the wall flush, and chances are more than likely you have that uh, that plaque. Um, if you see it go into, oh, I have pecs, but then you see a secondary fitting, a little fitting, or a little fitting, yeah. then chances are it's a connection to the original pipe in, yeah. and that's where you want it out of the way. If you want a, a see a secondary look, it looks under your kitchen where there's pipes coming out of the wall. You can't see anything. Go to your bathroom, take a look, yeah. uh, see what it is. Usually in the mid to late 70s, they were doing aluminum wiring. Um, And that's problematic because I guess my understanding is, and again, I'm not an electrician, but my understanding is that when they came, when they branched into the, out from the house into the panel, there was copper fittings. Mm -hmm. And I guess aluminum plus copper makes a battery and causes fires. And uh, so, no bueno, not good. Now, the, there was remediation. I, I know we've talked about it in several of your deals where they do pigtails with Alumicon or um, Copalum. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think Citizen, yeah, Citizen still accepts that, but most companies won't anymore. Well, they kind of have to be. They're the last. Yeah, they're last resort. Yep, they're the last resort. And the other thing, yeah, (laughs) and the last thing is the uh, FPE boxes. Those are a no-no. And actually, that list has grown. Federal, Pacific, General, Yeah. Pennsylvania, Simcoe. He he knows them all. He knows them all. Pretty much if they have I know everything when it comes, like anything that's older than 30 years old, I'm looking. You look at the house. I'm looking at the roof. I'm looking at the HVAC. I'm looking at the plumbing. Looking at the um, the electrical panels, those are the things I only care about. You taught me a great deal, and our inspector, um, my inspector, uh, Tim, taught me a great deal about it as well. I'm still constantly learning because the more I can learn, the better I can get. Every time I buy yes. doors or garage, it comes with the college of construction. Yeah, it goes through a paperwork. It comes to you for you to say like. Right. You have a shit house. Yeah. Yeah. Some of the the deals, some of the deals that you were sending me, I was like, oh gosh, Chris. I know. I know know it too. And I'm like, you know, I'm like, I, I, the thing is I prep them and like I tell, I tell the buyers, I'm like, 
this is an issue, this is an issue. You have three out of four issues. Right. You know? Three out of the four of them are F. Yeah. So you're going to get pushback from your fans. So yeah. what do you do to fix that? Right. You get denied, 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 denied. And then you go to your Kickstarter and you say, hey, I'm going to stop you with all these denials. Yep. It's not going to be us, and it's going to be the next person to it. Right. We can either address it right now, or and then we can continue, or we're out. Smart. Yeah. He got smart. Yeah. Half the time, they're going to fix it. Yeah. yeah. A, lot, a lot of other times, oh, yeah. no, we'll find another buyer. I'm like, good luck. Good luck. Yeah, good luck <laughs> to you. You have the same issue. Yeah. Exactly. Meanwhile, that, that one will be on in this market for another 20 days wondering why, oh, our, our buyer's gone now. Yeah. Like, no, you have the shit out of yeah. you. Or like flippers, they will not address, look at the kitchen. Look right. at the cat. Look at the bathroom. Like, oh, uh, what about your roof? Right. That shit makes plumbing? me so mad. Yeah. That when I see people and and I, I'm looking at a house and it's got a brand new. They did everything but what they needed to do. Right. It's like they have no clue. Like that to me is an amateur. Yes. Yeah. Like fly yeah. by night. Yep. I'm only winning when I'm slapping this house together just yeah. for a quick buck. Let me tell you another. Or when I get, uh, I no joke, this has happened. Sunday night phone call, someone gave my cell phone out to someone. I get a call at 8 o'clock. We're closing on Tuesday, and they have cloth wiring. Uh, someone told me you could get me in insurance. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know who you're talking to. Because uh-uh. cloth wiring, that's like from the 30s. Sunday night, it's like, do you know what's in my hand right now? I took that call. I was literally on the beach, and I was like, "What?" And I and she's like, "I have an emergency." And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> "Call <laughs> <laughs> She and I was like, "How did you make it to two days before closing and not address a cloth wiring issue?" So dumb. I'm like, "That realtor needs help." Yeah, and that cell phone and that buyer for all of them. Mm-hmm. It's tough. I, oh, that person that they called and they had for ten years. Hey, how many like majorities were foreclosed? Mm-hmm. How many homes have you sold in the last five years? Yeah. Like if that number is less. Well, than I, I'll put it this way: my dad, my dad's had his real estate license since the eighties. He sold. I mean, I but mean, he, but he doesn't practice. He's never been in the industry, but he has mm-hmm. a license. He could just as well go out just like you and I could, sell a house, help somebody buy a house, whatever. But He's he just had his license that long because he's done his own houses to save himself some some money or mm-hmm. do some and I've gotten into so. some arguments with some people, including one of the buyers in Charlotte, and I think it's like my family and my dad's sold right. Yeah. How many homes? Yeah. Like over a hundred. Like you sold over a hundred. Over a hundred. You rock, Chris. Like Good job. I'm not trying to like shit on anybody here, but it's just like those numbers matter. Yeah. If you're trying to buy one of the most important assets, don't get stuck in that for a yeah. loan yeah. or sell something to yep. make a profit. Yep. You're going to want – when you go to court, do you want your best lawyer to not go to court? Right. You're going to pay for that. Mm-hmm. So, so 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, so let's let's get back into like more oh, more insurance, like actual insurance questions. I mean, we've talked about roofs and we've talked a lot of stuff. Yeah. Um, that's important for getting covered, making sure you can get coverage and and all that. But one of the things is, I mean, a lot of people are having to shop around for new insurance. What can they do to actually save some money? A lot of, I mean, everybody's getting rate hikes. You know, Steve, we talked about it earlier. What can they do to, to try to mitigate that? Is there something they can do or are they just going to uh, have to accept? I mean. The biggest, the biggest areas they're going to save money is on that wind mitigation. A wind mitigation is for, um, <clears throat> so they changed, they made big changes after in 2002 on the way roofs are put on. Um, the, the codes changed. And so what, if you have a house that is older than 2002 with a roof that's newer than 2002, then you qualify for those windstorm mitigations. Okay. I've seen them save up to a thousand dollars off. Really? Oh yes. Just, and so you, but you'd have, you gotta get an inspector to do a wind man. Yeah. Mitigation. A home, a home inspector will do that. Okay. And, and these days, if your home's older than 20 years, I recommend a four point inspection. Okay. I have actually clients right now who are have a 1950s gorgeous house in Winter Park, right. been totally updated, but uh, they got hit with a, a hailstorm, and they were in the process of claiming a roof. Um, meanwhile, the company they're with dropped them, and so um, so they're like, "Well, we can just get insurance, right?" And I'm like, "You have an open claim," and to boot, they're you know, uh, they hired a public adjuster, so they're fighting the company. And I said, um, well, the first thing you're going to need to do, well, Citizens is the only company. If you have an open claim, you are in, a, you have a problem if you're trying to get more insurance because no one will touch you. Yeah, exactly. And or very few companies in special circumstances may take a look at it. But most of the time, I would say 99.9% .9 of the time, you're not getting insurance if you have an open claim. Because okay. the other companies don't want to be drug in on right. it. And Why if you start you? suing, they don't want to be drug, you know. Uh, yeah. But citizens will make an exception for roofs okay. and sometimes open claims. And so I told them, well, first of all, I didn't promise them anything. But because they're friends, I said, here's what we're going to do. Go get a four-point inspection because – if there's because citizens will allow you to um they have a special thing where if they if ever if the everything else in the house is perfect and and favorable on the four-point inspection they will allow some people to they'll allow 60 days after the binder to let you change your roof mm -hmm. okay. but they have to approve it first yeah. so basically you have to have all your stuff together you get all your shit together and then you submit it to underwriting, and then they'll say, yes, you can move forward with the binder. They have 60 days to change their roof. There you go. So I told them, go get a four-point inspection. We don't – why? Why? We don't need a four-point inspection, blah, blah, blah. I said, because your house is from the 50s. If there's something else that I don't know, if there's something else that comes up on that, I don't want to be waiting until the last, the last second. second for you to scramble and, oh, we have a double tap on our electrical box. Oh, we have a this. We have – we have a, a leak under our kitchen sink or whatever. Right. I said, get it. I want to see it because I want to know and have plenty of time. Right. So get a four-point inspection if your house is over 20 years or over twenty years old. And if it's if it's before. Should, should a consumer, I mean, in order to save money, should they think about reducing certain coverages? Or should they reevaluate 
you know, what's being covered. And you can. I mean, some of the places that I scrutinize if people are really price conscious is I will take a look at their, like, personal property. So normally... Okay. So normally, say your house, you re your replacement cost for the dwelling um, home is two hundred thousand. Okay. Your average policy is going to have fifty percent contents. Your contents are everything: your your tables, your chairs, your beds, your linens. Yeah. What I say is, if you took the house, if you picked up your house and you tipped it over and shook it, everything, everything that falls out is your personal property. Okay. That's usually set at fifty percent of the dwelling coverage. Correct. Now, most companies, that's your average policy, okay. run-of-the-mill, 50%. Right. But not everybody has $100,000 worth of Right. Stuff. Right. So some people, you know, so you don't have, so you shop at, uh, you know, Salvation Army and Craigslist. Right. Right? We can bump, we can decrease that down to 25%. Okay. If you're comfortable with that. Some people demand that. Um, some people have nice things and they want more, so you right. can go up to 75%. Okay. But you could reduce your cost if you go down to 25%. Okay. I don't recommend it, but if people are looking for ways to cut costs and they don't have expensive things, okay. I will do that. Yeah. Um, another thing is um, very important, law and ordinance coverage. So law and ordinance coverage is <clears throat> if, you, if you have a loss and you have to rebuild, sometimes the laws and ordinances have changed. Okay. And it'll cost, it'll be more expensive yeah. to rebuild or do whatever you're doing so to bring it up to code. Law, law and ordinance. Mm-hmm. Law. Yeah, L-A-W. You said W-A-R. It's the grain stone. I got to mark that one. I'm sorry. That's the one I'm Mark that time for But uh, law and ordinance. So it's really important to have. Is that the one where they you get like an extra 20% over what dwelling coverage is? Yeah, you can get 10% over. Usually it comes with 10%. Some of them, it, it d depends on the company. Some of them, it automatically comes with 10. Some, it automatically comes with 25%. You can go all the way up to 50%. Here's the thing. If they've got a brand new house or like right. a 10-year-old house that's in a subdivision. Yeah. I'll put it to 10 okay. because how they're not changing the setbacks in the subdivision. Right. I mean, they're, okay. you know what I mean? But if you've got a 1950s house yeah. in Orlando, yeah. bet your bottom dollar those laws and ordinances have changed. Okay. So I would be, the, the commissioners, the legislation, yeah. No, they'll be like, well, we really like Maple Street, and we think the houses are too close to the curb. Right. So if you rebuild, you have to have a 25-foot right. setback. Right. So, um, yeah. So there, there are ways that you can try to save, save yeah. money on your, on your policies. Should. Yeah, if you're on policy, right? The other way is make sure that your credit is good. Because a lot... So is there an, an, an insurance credit, and then, or are they looking at your regular credit score, like your credit card? So it, it's a mystic beast, Jared. Okay. Because so <laughs> someone's telling me, like, well, we're going to check your insurance credit. I'm like, okay. So they don't, here's what it is. They take some uh, proprietary formula. Just like regular credit scores are. It's kind of a, a weird formula that I, I've not figured out. 
and and it's proprietary, so they don't tell us. Everybody was like, explain this. I don't know because they don't show us. Right. All we do is we push order in, order insurance score, and then it pops in and it goes up or it goes down. Okay. And we're only told that it it had it is a combination of your insurance history okay. and your credit score. Okay. So the better credit you have and the less claims, then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, just you get a just like a, a monthly annual type thing. You know, if you're not using your credit or you don't have a credit card, then you don't have to have a credit card to use the secured credit card. It's the same right. as your own money. Yeah. Uh, you, you just it's prior to banking closing account. You have if you don't flex it and you don't work it out, then it's not you're not doing anything. It's just attributes. What they've done for us. Um, so is there anything else that can help? like consumers uh, any other reports that are out there that could be beneficial well sometimes I mean it's usually minimal savings but you know if you have an alarm if you have like a fire alarm or burglar alarm that's monitored Mm -hmm. that'll help some companies more than others like Florida Family they give great credits on that I don't have an alarm but I have a bunch of guns does that help I mean mean, people are going to steal my stuff you know what's a great alarm system for a burglar who's in your house, <laughs> 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 hearing a sound of a shotgun is a great deterrent. I don't know. So, what about fire extinguishers? Any little things that could be okay for security monitoring is helpful. Um, uh, photo cameras. That like so I, I automatically give. Yeah, I automatically give everyone a, a local alarm credit. Because most people do. Most people do. They have they have the ring, they have the people have those. Yeah. Um so I Yeah. So I automatically give that to everybody. But if you want more than that, then we have to provide an alarm certificate. So you're going to have to pony up some how, Yeah. Um, how often should people uh, update their reports? Four points or the win Four points are good for 12 months, and win mitigations are good for five years. So I should probably update them. Um, not necessarily. Is there a year, year and a half right now? But okay. Is there a possibility where that could end up raising your insurance if you spend? There's always possibility, but. No, here's the thing. I'm not going to recommend you get a four-point inspection unless you're shopping for insurance, because really there's no reason for it. Mm-hmm. So. Right. If, if we're shopping you um, and your house is over 20 years, then I'm automatically going to go, Chris, uh, go get a four point. Right. Um, so every, every year you do a shop for your customers? Not necessarily. Uh, okay. Probably because we usually do it if, if we see a 15% increase. If we see a 15% increase, then we will run it. Um, a 15 or I think $250. Then we'll automatically run. If it if lately it's been if it's like three three hundred fifty dollars, there's not going to be anybody better because everyone's going up so high, and we're so overwhelmed right now with reshopping almost everybody, that my poor agents are. I mean, we're just we're working you know crazy town right now. I've worked twelve hour days six days a week for like a year and a half now. Wow. Yeah, I do. 
Hopefully he's listening. <laughs> Patrick? Do. So is that the same thing for homeowners insurance? No. Um, I would just say right now. Um, like I just got a new policy right now, and if I said, you know, if I called you up and said, hey, can you give me a piece of policy? Is that going to put a negative thing on my my track record? No, but I probably at this point I I probably wouldn't be able to get you a better policy just because, um, you know. What I'm recommending people is if they're offering you renewal and it's not going up past $500 year over year, stay put because, like I said, we're seeing huge increases. And um, and also, I'm getting a lot of calls where agents aren't even answering their phones because they're so overwhelmed. Because they're so overwhelmed with rewriting their book. Think about it. You've got St. John's that went under. You've got you've got back to back to back. You went St. Just in the last two months, St. John's, Avatar, Lighthouse. If those agents had big books with any of their, they are so overwhelmed trying to run all those customers, getting them placed elsewhere, that they're not even. Honestly, I get calls almost every day. My agent won't answer the phone. Wow. Because they they can't keep up. I heard this is last year when a company went one of the companies went under and southern fidelity and there was an agent who was a he was just a one-man band and he had like 300 policies with them and he had he had like four weeks four weeks to place 300 it took us we had 60 policies with them it took us six weeks and we barely got it done so he was a mess and he and this was another agent was telling me about but he's like he couldn't come because blah 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 blah. he had i mean there i can't imagine other agencies who have large books with yeah with with any of the companies that have gone under if they've got large books they can't they don't have the manpower to even run and 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 rewrite that rewrite the people You name the panels that that really are problematic, um, but that's really, I think, the major issue. I mean, you don't really see a cloth wiring is very rare because that was done in the 30s, you know, 20s, 30s, most every. I mean, that's super dangerous, obviously, electrical and cloth. <laughs> they didn't know. Um, but, uh, yeah, obviously, any of that... Uh, Federal Pacific boxes, you're going to have to change that out because those are very dangerous. Aluminum wiring, we went over that, all of that, but I don't really. Um, How about what, how wire 
Water heaters are interesting. I like how you corrected yourself there. <laughs> They're not hot water Couple companies won't write if it's over uh, 15 years old. Um, but most will go up to 20 years old, but they really, uh, yeah, if they're over 20, then they need to be changed. Mm-hmm. What about ACs? Same, uh, 20 years old. The, the kind of big rule is 20. They want stuff updated within 20 years. Oh, yeah. I just had mine changed out. Mine was 17 years old. Yeah. So. Yep. Yep. Things will catch up. Things will be a change. Yeah. (laughs) That's like the biggest thing you can. uh, What would be the biggest advice you can give to a homeowner or a a new buyer? New buyers? uh, Yeah. I would just say make sure that your agent knows what to look for if you don't. Um, You know, just like you were saying, Chris, how. your your realtor your yeah your um your realtor make sure you have a good realtor because the realtor like you said you're looking they're looking at how pretty the kitchen is you're looking at the pipes the federal pacific box you're trying to protect them because you are as a professional are going to know you know what the pitfalls are going to be and what the problem the problem problematic things that you can negotiate with the seller is going to be and um and and then you can uh you know guide them as to well maybe this isn't the best one let's go look at something else or hey if you love it that much let's talk because this is going to be a b and c d that we're going to come up against well um well, we're almost at, we're almost at two hours yeah we're, we're are you serious yeah we're pushing like an hour 50 right now um mm-hmm. there's but so I, much I, more to talk there, about there, there's, there's like <laughs> so much more to talk stuff. about and one of the things I, I wanted to talk about is a little bit of just the liability aspect as far as what does your homeowner's insurance, what is that going to actually cover if I have, you know, at, at my house I have a four-wheeler, I've got a tub, you know, we've got some stuff that we do. And you got toys. We've got some toys. So throw so in my pocket. Yeah, so if I have some friends over, or, you know, the kids have some friends over and they're riding it, am I protected under my homeowner's insurance or... Or is the home is the the insurance company going to say no? That that's not covered because you guys <coughs> number one, did, do I have to tell them that I have these toys? Some of them ask in the underwriting questions. Okay. They ask. In fact, one of my underwriting question is: Do you have any plans for trampolines, ATVs, jet skis, four wheelers, mini bikes, boats, etc.? Yeah, dogs. So none or of exotic pets. Oh yeah, they have. They all have. They all have dog lists. I have more chance yeah. of being bit by a chihuahua than bit by a pit bull. Yeah. The diff- the only difference is the amount of damage that you're going to cause. Like a, a chihuahua bite me is going to be like like oh you're a cute or yeah. you know yeah. whereas a pit bull is a bigger part of the line. Right. Mm-hmm. Cost you for your damage. Yeah. But as far as yeah, the the distinguish like okay I'm going to bleed this I'm going to hurt I'm going to get a bruise. Well. 
Well, you know, they, the reason why, guess how a dog gets on that list? From a lawsuit. So, but to answer your question, here's what I would do. I would make sure that you have insurance on the side-by-side and all the toys. Um, you can get a very pretty cheap policy that's going to cover your liability. Um, and then I would definitely, if you have assets, which I think you do, um, I would definitely uh, get a umbrella policy. Yeah, gotcha. So <coughs> umbrella policy, so, so not necessarily upping the, the liability on the homeowner's insurance, but just get an umbrella policy insurance. Well, they are gonna ha- make you have underlying uh, under you know certain underlying coverages. Okay. So for instance, you're gonna be required to have two thousand five hundred on your auto. Okay. Two Two fifty five hundred on your ATVs or any jet, you know, th- anything that you are concerned about, say like the side by side. Right. If you want that thing covered and you're concerned about the four wheelers or the the side by side, you're gonna want to make sure you have two fifty five hundred and that you name them on your, that they get counted on your umbrella so that gotcha. they are aware that you have them. Gotcha. So if there is an accident, that you're covered over, you know, the underlying and the umbrella. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, so say, let's say Jared has a family 4th of July shindig, right. and all the cousins are riding on the four-wheelers and the side-by-side, and one of them runs into the other one, dumps it over, and the kids fall out and break an arm, and there's mayhem, okay? Yes, okay? So then... Um, the parents don't have the money for the uh, to make the kids whole, so they say, "Well, let's sue Jared." So Jared goes. Uh, they go and get attorneys, and they go look. They say, "Give us your policies." They they look at the policies and say they have two fifty five hundred on the underlying policies. Okay, well, two fifty two hundred fifty thousand per person, five hundred thousand max for the accident. Yes, two fifty per person. So say there was four kids. Okay. Any one of them could only get up to two hundred fifty, and then the max for the whole accident could be five hundred thousand. So first come, first serve. Whatever they get is whatever they get. Now, say there's three of them, and they end up with seven hundred fifty thousand dollars worth of medical bills. So you're gonna run out at five hundred thousand. You've got two hundred fifty thousand left. They're gonna say. You've got yeah. money? Yeah. they got to start selling off assets and yep. stuff to pay that 250 Right. So he's going to be responsible. But if you go into it like delinquent? Oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> All I, I know. I'm willing to pay it. <laughs> <laughs> At that point, I'm willing to another <laughs> No, but then. You're asking me to sell my house and upper, you're destroying my life. Like, well, they would have said. They're, they're, I mean, they're, they're do it because they, they had a traumatic experience oh, on, I understand. on my, you know, my equipment. And I'm responsible for it. Right. You know. Yeah, completely understand. Yeah. 100%. So if he, so if he was smart and he had an umbrella policy, once that five hundred thousand ran out, it would just go to the umbrella. And then that would cover the difference. Yep. Yeah. yeah, which isn't really that expensive, really. I mean, usually for it comes with a house and two cars automatically, and uh, that's like maybe depending on your credit and your driving history probably in 
three hundred bucks for the year, four hundred bucks for the year at not you know, yeah. not bad. Yeah, not bad. No. And Derek said on here, he's like, technically I didn't buy the trampoline, but there's one in my backyard. <laughs> 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 so I'm not sure that like how that falls in. Like, I guess I mean it's that's so true. That's a legit property, question. Yeah. If I have insurance and then I somebody gifted me a trampoline, should I call my insurance company and say, Hey, I have a trampoline now? Well, that's a well, that's it's a murky area, area because here's the thing is that if someone gets hurt and they sue you and you didn't disclose you had a trampoline, then you're probably not going to be covered. Right. But at the time, I didn't have a trampoline when I got the policy. It's a murky usually, area. Is there usually something in there? I wonder if they put it in the so – You know, it's probably – read your policy. Yes, there might be – trampoline exclusion. Yeah, there's usually trampoline exclusions. Yeah, that's true. Okay. So diving boards. You can't have diving boards. Anymore. Not anymore. No. But there are there are pools here where I'm always in. True. So after 2001, you have to have certain guards and guidelines or, or make um, safety measures in place to make sure the windows stay on the right course. Yep. A safety fence needs to be kind of put around. Self-latching door, Self mm -hmm, door gates. Yep, mm -hmm. gates um, things of that nature. When, when you're dealing with a home, because my parents' home is from the uh, Texas Panhandle, <laughs> um, okay. So we could put one back if we wanted to, but um, if someone was to go into that and the insurance company says, "Hey, look, um, your your waves going to be X amount because the pool or the doesn't engage with the pool gates," if they put those features in, could the rate become better? No, that usually doesn't. That's eligibility, not rate. So there's a difference okay. between eligibility and rate. A lot that's a very that's a, a very frequent question. They're like, well, I gave you a four point. How come I don't get discounts? Well, you don't really get discounts from four points. You get el it's eligibility. So they look at the four point and they say, you know, is this prop is this eligible or not? So if they didn't have the safety features, it would not be eligible. Well, it depends because, like, <clears throat> that's why I say also that you need to be hesitant also about shopping all the time. Because remember, every time you skip around to a new policy, they're going to send out people to go inspect that house. True, true. New business. So if you've been with a company and uh, then mum's the word, you know, they're you're already on their books. They're not really going to look at you again. So you just stay quiet and stay be on their policy and don't say say much. That's kind of like what I'm thinking. Uh, my roof needs the windows. It needs the uh, it's going to be electrical, but the plumbing, everything needs to be done. And it's like you know, you need all these things just to make sure. Yeah, that's yeah. that's great. Yeah, and like we were talking earlier, you know, we got in there and impressed. Oh yeah. Yes, you guys, you guys did, did good. Job. You guys did really good. And, uh, Yeah. Interesting. Well, what else? I mean, we're almost two hours. We start wrapping it up. Mm. I mean, I don't want to. Yeah, I know there's like a question. Is there yeah. anything else we should yeah, talk about? Yeah, I was going to ask you, like, what are some things that, I guess, consumers need to look out for, or what can people even educate realtors? What can you educate us on that you would like people to know? Oh, gosh. 
Um, Wait, I know you don't get that question asked. I don't. That's a really good one. What, 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 can, what can Jerry tell me about the Big Apple? I think the Big – first of all, thank you. I really appreciate your business. And um, it. I, I just love running new home quotes. It's my favorite thing. <laughs> and uh, It literally keeps you on the front line of what's happening. It does, but – I love real estate and I love looking at what people are getting into. You know, I love looking at the real estate. I'm not a realtor, but I just love the real estate industry and I, I love looking at it's like me buying a house. I'm like, ooh, what are they what are they doing? Oh yeah. <laughs> I can't wait to open this one up. You know, it's like a present. Um, <laughs> um but uh no the biggest thing is just to be understanding. Uh, the biggest thing is uh that, that I don't like is when people just go, Hey, uh, can you insure a 1978 house? And okay. I'm like, uh, I need more information. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, uh, well, um, maybe. <laughs> sure. I have before. What, what is it? Yeah. But you know, they just throw just, Oh, you know, 1978, 28, 18. Well, here's the deal. I love it when the people that I work with, they understand what I need for a quote so that there's not a bunch of back and forth. Yeah. So a lot of my really good agents, they know what I need. They know I need um, names, dates of birth, prior address, um, you know, and any reports. It's, it's not a lot, but it's required these days. It used to be I could just dummy in, you know, and look at the house and estimate. And, but now these days, you know, I, I, they require us to have birthdays and they require us to have prior address and they require us, you know, to – have minimum you know those are the questions I ask basically oh and 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 what uh how's that what how are you using the house is it going to be primary secondary seasonal or investment mm -hmm. um if they answer those questions I have really good um uh shout out to Antoinette she does a great job she has the same email she just pops in uh -huh. a template. Uh, she, yep she has an email template she just pops in the stuff yep. boom and she cc's the buyer or the the borrower on there and says i'd like to meet you to meet victoria and she has all the information I'm, i say nice okay. to meet you Perfect. um we'll get this out for you right yeah. away and and i have everything i need and it's so easy it's so seamless yeah. I, have, I have a crap ton of templates that we have to add to our mm -hmm. yes you do too yeah uh, i think it's like kind of what the like the previous dates and the birth dates i kind of want them to have give them yes yes which is also very smart because the other thing is my biggest pet peeve. Well, one of my biggest pet peeves is when the realtor or the the le or the uh, loan the lender they don't want to give me any information, and they just um, you know, or, or they don't want me to they don't want to give me any information, and they don't want to put the the contact them in touch with me. They want to do it all for them, but then they're not going to give me the information, so I have to like put all these caveats. Because I don't have all the information, it I'm makes, like. It makes, and then when the real quote comes, it's completely different. Yes, it's not, yeah. and I have to. And they're like, what do you mean? It's like, well, you didn't give me any information. Right. Exactly, <laughs> I have to put all these stars and and asterisks, uh, premium sub subject to change because I don't have the information I need. So. And they, didn't read, they didn't bother to read them completely. Yeah, they don't. Oh, they went and checked through a PDF, open it up. Here's your rate. Exactly. Yeah, and then when everything else comes, oh, I'm sorry, we can't insure them because they've got five claims, you know, in the last five years. What do you mean? Well, yeah, you didn't. I try to get to. I try to get them to engage. Like I'll be like, here's the gist of the property, here's right. the address, the age. Yep. Gonna floods on the map. Yep. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. 
which which I will do if um like my 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 friend Antoinette she always asks for the flood zone determination. I don't mind. It takes me two minutes. Yeah. So if you want that, I'll give you that too. Yeah. It, it takes it literally takes like less than a minute to to find out to find out like the properties in the flood zone because sometimes the locals will get it wrong. Right. So you, like there's a quick link to go check the June flood map. Should you should you get flood insurance if you're not in a flood? I mean, it's it's required if you're in a flood zone, but should you get it if you're not? Well, it's not required if you don't have a lien holder. I mean, you could still well, be in a flood zone and right. not. Yeah, but guess, but if you have a but lien yes, holder. we live in Florida, right. so. How about if the property is allegedly owned is on a flood zone, and a lot of property owners there don't want people to come to the lake, mm-hmm. but the home is not. Mm-hmm. I recommend I recommend flood insurance in Florida. I mean, we have very high table water tables. We're sitting on a peninsula on sand. Yeah, it's true. And our and you think three to five feet, you're hitting water. <laughs> I mean, when was it? I I right after uh, Irma, one of those hurricanes, and everybody up in Deltona flooded out. Remember that? Uh, well, Del- Deltona has a, is a very low. Like, yeah, but a majority a, of it. A lot of the, a lot of them at that time were considered in flood zones, so most of them didn't have flood insurance. Uh, I don't remember that being flooded out, but I, they're constantly hitting new drainage. Yeah. Every time I'm up there, I'm like, oh, there's an, there's more new drainage. Right they there. they flooded out bad, and a lot of them didn't have flood insurance. I believe it. I believe it. So I say, listen, if you want, you know, uh, if you're not, if you're in flood zone X, it's cheap. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Which I hmm. thought quite a bit. Yeah? I was actually surprised. I was looking at a house. Uh, I helped someone buy the house, but they bought it cash. Oh. And um, it wasn't until we were selling it like two years later that there was this, I got to get a phone call. I was like, hey, did you mention a flood, uh, get a flood zone? And she's like, what? And I, that's when I like pulled up the map and I was like, I, I saw, I was like, wow, there's, there's a lot here. And I backed it up and I'm like, I'm like this. Yep. Yeah, very low. Exactly. Um, one, uh, it's probably about the last question I have because I'm running out of questions to ask. But um, so when I was shopping for insurance, one one person told me because I asked, I, I said, well, what's the difference between you know his his the insurance agent I was talking to, and that you know kind of like yours, you know, with the independent who you can shop around versus you know, I called security first and then talked to their agents. And I said, well, you know, aside from you can shop around in different companies and what's one of the other advantages. And <clears throat> he had said, well, having an agent, you kind of have somebody to run things through, you know, an agent like you versus an agent that works directly for the company. Um, he said, because sometimes what will happen is he's like, you call me, say you have a claim, you, you run it by me give you advice whether or not I you should make the claim or not if you call the agent that works directly for the company he said sometimes even though you don't actually make a claim now they have knowledge of 
you know, you, hey, I, hypothetically, pipe broke in my kitchen. Did I make a claim? Well, now they're you're on the radar. Mm-hmm. Is that some? Is that is there truth to that? Trying or, to inquire. You know, you're you're mm-hmm. you're trying to get information from them, but I'm afraid, kind of afraid to call them directly and, and ask them questions about like my coal dealer or whatever. Mm-hmm. In Dude. fear of yeah. that's directly to the source, and it's not kind of a, a filtered. Third party. It it has happened. Uh, my best friend that happened to her uh, after uh, Charlie, she just called to inquire, and yeah. they opened a claim for. Her. Yes. They me. automatically opened well, a claim, and she yes. Claim, even though they don't pay anything out, you're not yep. asking them for anything. You have like well, a no, what do they call inquire. it? No claim payout. Or yeah. Uh, yeah. No. Yeah. But it showed on her credit yeah. for three years, even though she didn't make a claim. She just called in to ask. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that's a very valid point. Now I don't know. Um, I don't know, and <laughs> he got brownie points. Um, um, but uh, every company is a little different. Obviously, they yeah. all have different rules. Um, but yeah, that's the biggest thing about having an independent agency. I represent my clients, right. so I'm on your side. And um, when people call me, just like Chris has called me over the years, and he'll ask me direct questions, and I'll answer his questions. You know. Right. And sometimes they've been heated conversations. I would be so frustrated. Yeah, and um, but yeah, so an independent agent, you know, most of the time, we're here to shop for you, right. you know. And the reason why we have several companies is because you don't like that one, fine, well, we'll go, go somewhere away. else, mm-hmm. yeah. you know. I don't like you. I don't like that. A couple, yeah, a couple of my companies, I got a little you know miffed at them after their responses to irma yeah. so guess what they didn't get as much business yeah and That's you true. know what? it's a free country and if i don't like you i'll go down the road right. and i guess you the know? other the other advantage too is you shop for not just home in, home insurance i mean you have, i'm guessing you do auto insurance yep. and umbrella policies and yep. all the anything insurance related yep. essentially we do flood we do auto yeah. Yeah, we do. Um, we do umbrella. We even do business insurance. I don't uh, really have a lot of time to do business, so we don't do right. as much. Um, but yeah, we focus mostly on homeowners, auto, yeah. with flood, and and yeah. umbrella. So I mean, that's that's one of the bigger advantages too of going with a independent agent versus calling one of the big companies because mm-hmm. it's you get options. Yeah, you you got more options. is going to try to get the discount or the cheaper versus the agent that's working directly for the company. I mean, there's always going to be an incentive to get a higher price, I would imagine. I don't know. Is there an incentive for insurance agents to, like, jack up the price? Ones that work directly well, versus... Well, the remember, we don't set the price. Well, that's so... The thing is, like, what's the pile-on coverage and how do they think it's unnecessary coverage? Well... It's hard for me to say because I've never worked for a uh, a captured agency. Okay. Okay. Just so, but but fine. from my from my experience, they don't add coverages um, because they they don't they, they can't compete. Remember, they have one product, so they have to compete. We have so many products. We have so many companies that you know I I put it in my radar and it gives me all the companies and I go okay let's look at this one this one this one the top. Right. They have one company. That they're competing with so usually they're take from my experience they've taking away coverages just to be competitive 
because they don't have options. They have one option, yeah. you know. Insurance nerd. Get, every time I get a call, or every time I call her, um, there's a gatekeeper now because okay. people ask me. Yes. <laughs> she always calls me back within three minutes. Really? Like an hour, nice. two hours later. Uh, sometimes Siri is like really busy. She'll give a call back in three minutes. Yes. I try. I try. Hey, Chris. <laughs> I do try to return phone calls because how how frustrating is it if you're trying to get a hold of someone and you, yeah. or and you know you pay money and 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 I, I I just hate it when people don't return my calls. Yeah, I really hate that. So I try not to so do if that. So somebody is shopping, how do they how would they get a hold of you? The best way is to uh, email me or call me. And your email is again. Email is Victoria at StoneKeyInsurance.com. All spelled out. Can we put that into the chat? Yeah. Is there anything else on your other pl- uh, is there a website that we can find you at? Yes, uh, stonekeyinsurance.com. Okay. And uh, phone number is 407-542-8160. You can just add it on there. <laughs> <laughs> Private into the agency. <laughs> You'll be speaking to Shania or Samantha. <laughs> oh, man. Thanks They're so great. much. For Thank you for so much. I know well, you were doing a, a something on conference. Your yeah. Thanks for coming all this way. Yeah, I really appreciate it. Yeah. But now she has an office here in Vegas, so yeah. she's just gonna come on. <laughs> yeah, come on by. I'd love to love to see you. Uh, yeah, we bought a 1888 house uh, in Longwood, uh, the Fitch House. It, our signs just went up last week, and uh, yeah. So. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. I didn't know that.
Absolutely. Yeah. We can talk about it. Thank you. My pleasure.